everybody to the Fitness Nerds Podcast. I am here with Coach Andre Abradovic. Did I sound that say that right? Abradovic. Abradovic. Yeah. He's a coach from Australia who is another low carb coach and a low carb athlete. And he has a pretty unique and interesting story about how he found the low carb uh, lifestyle and how it helped him. And then he's gone later to help other people in coaching and with the Nooks Foundation. So we'll talk about that a little later too. So welcome, Andre. Good morning. How are you? I am good. It's evening here, but it's a wonderful day. You're already on the weekend. Yeah, it's Saturday morning. I've already taught one of my uh, uh, RPM spin classes, cycle classes, and I'm uh, getting ready to start the day and get some things done at home. Sounds wonderful. Can you tell me how and tell our listeners about your history with low carb, how you found it, and the amazing changes that you've seen with it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, I was—I uh, started running marathons um, in 2008, um, and I was sort of struggling to lose weight and I I thought that you know I'd run and run and run and run and I'd always I'd, I'd lose weight that way but it didn't seem to work so I went to a nutritionist and they put me on a um, high you know low carb low fat diet uh, with high carbohydrates you know and, and thinking that as a runner you need to eat low fat and also that Low fat makes you, I mean, you know, low fat will keep you slim. Um, so I persevered with this. So I was running 70 Ks a week, 70 kilometers. I, I don't know how many miles that is. Um, and I was running half marathons and then full marathons. And I was doing them as a 45, six year old, three hours 45, which isn't, isn't too bad seeing I didn't have a history as a runner, but I was always struggling because I just, I just didn't, I wasn't able to, lose weight. I was always hovering around 74 kilograms and I was, the other thing is I was always hungry and I couldn't lose that bit of belly fat that I had around my tummy and, you know, you sort of, you train to believe that the more you exercise, the more you'll lose weight and it was really starting to stress me out. I just, I didn't know what to do. I can relate to that 100%, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, a lot of folks, uh, I'm sure endurance athletes who have not found uh, this low-carb program can relate to that. So what was the turning point for you? Yeah, okay. Well, I think it was it was like uh, three years ago, um, and I'd started to get a lot of injuries, and I was going to the physio, physiotherapist every week, and I was getting a lot of Achilles and calf pain, and they were like rocks. They were so hard. If you touched them, I'd almost jump out of my seat. So I was getting a massage every couple of days, and I was always, in, like, injured. And my coach said to me, I was talking to my coach, my, tri- my running coach, who's now my triathlon coach because I've made the switch, and... He said, you know, Andre, have you heard about this paleo type of way of eating? And he's an older guy and, you know, he's a very, got a lot of wisdom. And I said, oh, I said, yeah, but how can you run a marathon if you're not eating high carb? And he says, well, you know, 
Professor Noakes has been involved and he's the guy that wrote that law of running and he's turned around and said that he was wrong, that he shouldn't have been writing this book and believing all this stuff about eating high carb for endurance sports. And I'd heard of Professor Noakes, but I didn't know anything about him compared to what I know now. And I thought, oh, okay. So I looked up this law of running book and I saw that you know, Professor Noakes, who once again I didn't know much about, was the font of all knowledge years and years ago and said this is what we had to do. And I thought, well, if this guy's turned around and said there's something, another approach, maybe I should listen to what my coach was saying. So Brian, my coach, said Stephen Finney, he's a doctor from America, and him and Noakes are sort of pals and, and they believe in the same thing. Uh, he's running a seminar at an Ep- the Epworth Hospital in Melbourne for diabetics, and there's another seminar for athletes, and it's all about this low-carb approach, which, you know, he sort of said, I think it's similar to paleo, and we all know it's it's very aligned to paleo in my in my belief. It is about eating about eating real food, and I mean, I love eating dairy, so I eat dairy. But to me, there's not much in my opinion. It's about having a mindset about how we should be eating and mindful eating and being eating real food instead of stuff in a packet. Um, that's just a, a bit of a tangent there. So I went to this seminar. I went to this seminar, and I turned up at the wrong one. I went to the one for diabetics, not the one for athletes. And so I walk in this room thinking it's going to be full of all these skinny runners or lean runners, and I walk in and it's full of <laughs> a lot of overweight overweight diabetics and type 1 diabetics, which some of them were sort of skinnier and there were some overweight ones, and I'm like, I won't say anything. I just listened and he started telling this story and then Stephen Finney gets up on the stage and he starts talking about the Inuit people from Alaska and Aborigines and Maasai warriors and had all these graphs about how carbohydrates drive your insulin and how insulin's a fat storage hormone and the science behind grains and ancient grains and carbs and uh, it was just amazing and 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 then I realised I was at the wrong one but it didn't matter because I was already learning all this stuff and and then we had questions and answers and I and I'm like are you telling me I got up and I said look I'm a runner. And everyone sort of looked at me and I said, yeah, I came to the wrong seminar and everyone laughed. It was hilarious. I said, but so, you know, I've been eating pasta and bread and potatoes and I think that's how you have to eat as a runner. You're telling me I don't need to do that to run a marathon. And he goes, yeah. He says, I guarantee you, if you change and eat like this, you'll be faster, you'll be less injured, you'll be clearer in the head, you won't be stressed. And he's like, he's like a sales guy. He's the best sales doctor I've ever seen, not that he's selling anything apart from better health, but he was so convinced, so convincing. He was so passionate. So I went home, and this is like December, just before Christmas. Right, can you imagine this? I was a carboholic. I used to eat porridge and banana with low-fat milk because I thought low-fat milk was better for you. Every morning, and I'd have, you know, pasta and rice and potato and at Christmas I had we'd have to have potatoes and if I didn't have potatoes every second day for for a meal let alone Christmas there was something wrong so I come home and I say to my wife I said love because she knew I've been struggling with this I've got this belly and I want to be a lean runner I'll never be a lean runner How, how can those guys be so skinny but I didn't have the insight to understand it was all about your hormones and how insulin resistant you are. But I learned that in this talk. So I went home and I said to my wife, I said, right, 
I'm going to buy these four books. I'm going to buy Grain Brain. I'm going to buy Primal Body by Nina, uh, Nina Giordani's. No, not Nina. Um, Nora Giordani's. Nora I'm going to buy Gattagatis. the. Big, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's her. Yeah. Or I'm going Nora to buy Gattagatis. the. Big, yeah. Yeah, that's her. The Big Fat Surprise by Nina, who's fantastic. She's wonderful. I, yeah, oh, we keep I in touch. Right? Yeah. Oh, and, um, yeah. Go on. yeah, on email. And, and Grain Brain by Dr. David Perlmutter. And also, um, you know, a couple of other. So I bought all these books and I read them like, you know, I read them like I was reading these books 24 by 7, but old fashioned books, not electronic stupid books, real books. And I said to her, yeah, and I said to her, right, yeah, yeah, that's it, Christmas. I'm starting now. Bread, I'm just going to start without understanding all the signs. I'm just going to start. Bread, pasta, rice, potatoes. I'm going to drop my fruit, and 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 I'm going to take sugar out of my tea. I only have one teaspoon, and I and I'll stop eating lemon meringue pies and key lime pies because I used to love them and vanilla slices and apple slices. I used to love them, right? I was an addict. So I just went cold turkey, just bang, before Christmas. That is an adventure, but it's yeah, a, and, yeah. and then what happened? So don't keep everybody in suspense. Well, I, I changed, and within within about um, four weeks, I'd lost a kilo. Awesome. And then the best thing was I wasn't hungry. I stopped being starving within about two weeks. So I'd still have three meals a day, right? I was having six because I was snacking all the time when I was a Muppet carboholic as a Muppet, you know, trying to understand why I was fat when I was eating low fat. <laughs> and um, so I stopped being starving. I lost a kilo. Then I started losing like a kilo a week. And in a very, very short amount of time, in like three months, I'd lost 10 kilos. That's 10, 20 pounds. 20 yeah, pounds. Is that over 20 pounds? It's a little over. Uh, a little over. Yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not the best with numbers. But, but that's all right, best... but that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so basically within 6 months I'd gotten down to 64 kilograms from 74 kilograms. So I'd lost, you know, that was consistent at that weight and I've been that weight for 3 years. So I'm I've been 64 64 and a half, 65 kilograms for nearly three years. And That's awesome. it doesn't change within half a kilo up or down. And, right. you know, that had happened within about three to four months. And my training, obviously, that's a whole other story. My training was affected, and you'll ask me about that. But that was the thing. And the thing is I did it as a science experiment, Stephanie, so – you know, I went to my doctor before Christmas and I said, I need these blood tests done because Stephen Finney talked about getting your HDL, your triglycerides, your blood glucose, your HbA1c and all of that tested. And I went to my doctor who I'd been with for 17 years and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I want to do this low-carb, healthy fat thing like, you know, Professor Noakes talks about. And he goes, well, because he didn't know who Stephen Finney was. And he goes, oh, Noakes, oh, he's a, he's a quack. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll give, I'll, I'll allow you to do these tests, but I'm not going to do the HbA1c because you don't need that because your blood sugar is. In Australia, they only allow you to do certain blood tests if you've got certain conditions, right? So 
I said, no, don't worry about it. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to go to a doctor that understands. So I basically sacked my doctor and went to a doctor who was a diabetic, but just I had to travel to see him, and he gave me the, the tests, and I had all the tests done. So I had the tests all done before I changed my food, and then six months later I had them done because I said to my wife, I'll do this as a six-month experiment. In fact, I said to my old GP, my doctor, I said, I'll bring you my blood test in six months and let's see what happens. He goes, oh, yeah, okay. He said, you'll be on... Yeah, I did. He said you'll be on stat. You'll have to be on stat. Your cholesterol's already too high. So, so in six months, my HDL cholesterol had doubled. My triglycerides had come down two thirds. Because if I tell you the Australian numbers, it won't make much sense, right? Right. I understand. Yes. So I, I, yeah. Triglycerides came down two thirds. HDL doubled. My my normal LDL cholesterol increased a bit. My blood sugar was already really good, and my HbA1c was good, but I lost, you know, 10 to 12 kilograms, and I got abs. So I've had abs for three years as a fifth, and I'm 51 now, and I've got abs. It's just the best thing. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's <laughs> and that's a, um, so what did your doctor say when you went back and said, hey, just wanted to let you know? I he happen said, to have six-pack abs now. Yeah, he said, oh, you're lucky it's worked for you. But and I said, I said, really? I said, oh, no, I'm never hungry and it's the best thing I've ever done. And I said, you should look into it because you've got a bit of a tummy yourself. You're probably insulin resistant, but I'm not a doctor, so I can't <laughs> tell you that. You know what I love about you, Andre? You just say it like mm. <laughs> well, the The really cool thing is... Just to jump forward a bit, is I got a letter from an endocrinologist for a guy I've been working with because I'm doing health coaching and one of the things for people that don't do exercise to, for weight loss. So this guy is type 2 diabetic. He's morbidly obese. And I've been working with him for six months. He's lost 20 kilos all through low, uh, low carb. And his doctor wrote me a letter because I wrote it. Anyone that has a medical condition as a fitness trainer like you, I have to write to their doctor and say, our mutual client, you know, here's his conditions he's told me about. These are the drugs he's on. This is what I intend to do, except instead of saying I'm going to tell him to exercise, I say I'm going to put him on a low-carb diet. We're going to have less than 50 grams of carbs a day or 25 grams of carbs. We're going to do probiotics. We're going to do fish oil. We're going to da-da-da-da-da, and and I'd like to keep in touch with you. So he writes back to me, and he says, Dr. Obradovic. Oh, (laughs) You know, what you've done is amazing. He's already lost 15 kilos in, you know, because it took a while for him to go and see the doctor, right? Right. And he basically, he, he wrote back to me saying, you've changed this guy's life. And I'm not a doctor. I'm just some fitness guy who's had some insight and read some good books and learnt from the Noakes Foundation and The Real Meal and guys like Peter Deffy about what right. we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. What's the deal in Australia with that doctor who's on trial now, who's treating diabetics, who's now on trial? What's well, his Gar- name, Gary, Gary Fetke. Yeah, he's Fetke. a he's a surgeon, and he he cuts people's legs off that are diabetics, and he got jack of it, seeing all these sick people come, and he made suggestions to some of them that they should eat low carbohydrate meals and. Made, made those recommendations for people in hospital and the system jacked up against him. I don't know whether someone complained as a patient, whether a patient complained or some idiot dietitian complained or another doctor com- made a complaint because I don't think whoever complains has to be public. 
So they, they basically barred him from making any comments on nutrition, even though he's a doctor. And I think that's all gone up through the government and they've been shown to have been bullying him. So in the end, he's gotten so much publicity out of it for the movement of proper nutrition. But it's similar to what's happened to Prof Noakes in Africa around giving advice over Twitter or general advice over Twitter on nutrition. It's really sad. What is the – I haven't looked at Professor Noakes' trial information, but what's the outcome? What's been going on with that? I know they have – Well, the best the best way to check on the update is to follow a woman called Marika Sobros, who has a food – yeah, foodmed. You could probably put it in the links at the end of the podcast, foodmed.net. It's a, she's probably the journo that's been following it the most and she's a big supporter. Um, but my understanding is the actual time in court has finished and there'll be a decision in April next year as to, um, a rule, a ruling on what's happened. And it is quite interesting that six hours after the trial had finished, they accidentally released a press release saying that he was guilty, found guilty. It's crazy. It's those food lobbies have so much pull. It's all about money. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know if I told you. I haven't talked to you in a while, but I went to the Training Peaks conference. Well, you listened to my podcast. That would have all been all been sugar and and sugar, sugar, sugar. I yeah. was flabbergasted because I've been in the low carb community for so long. I thought that that we were at a tipping point. That you know people were. We're coming around, especially because Joe Frill, his son owns Training Peaks. Joe Frill's a big speaker for Training Peaks. He teaches classes for Training Peaks. And in his new book, which I have around here somewhere, is um, the training for over 50. He talks about low carb. Here it is. I mean, this one. Oh, yeah. And... He talks all about eating a paleo diet. Joe Frill eats a paleo diet. He talks about low carb. He has Dr. or Professor Noakes listed in there and and all of that. So I'm thinking I'm going to a conference and I'm going to hear like, hey, let's all get on this low carb bandwagon. And that's not what I heard at all. And it, no. was, it was sugar, sugar. And I went to one talk where there was a guy from Gatorade, Steve giving part of the talk with the other, the guy giving the talk. I was like, why is Gatorade here? And uh, so it was, it's all, um, it's very frustrating. It's frustrating that, you know, all these recommendations actually make people sick. I have a similar story and people have listened to podcasts know what a pretty big mess I was. And I had joints that wouldn't, um, pain, injuries that wouldn't heal very puffy and overweight, and I ended up losing about 20 pounds and having a PR on some races. And for me, I haven't been able to get much below that, but um, I still have some hormone issues. I think I did quite a bit of damage. I mean, I ate low, low fat for so many years of my life and then started training really hard on top of it and with a lot of calorie deprivation and I think I left myself a pretty big mess, but I'm at 47 and I feel better now than I ever have. So I went to the conference and was telling them like, Hey, what do you think about these people breaking world records? Like Zach Bitter and Romaine Bardet just got second in the tour de France. He is low carb. And so was, uh, 
the number one guy, uh, oh my goodness. I can't Frame. remember. Yeah, Frame Chris Froome. Chris Froome was low carb. He had a little different approach because he was using ketone salts and, um, instead of Vespa. But, uh, both of the number one and two slots were both low carb athletes. So, I mean, there's a lot of people doing great things. And you heard on the podcast that the whole New Zealand Olympic team was on a basically low-carb, nutrient-timing diet. And they won more medals this year than they ever have. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. Sorry, you go. Go on. No, no, you go. Well, I was going to say, just back to your thing, just on the side you probably got an underactive thyroid. My, my wife's a nutritional therapy practitioner through the Nutritional Therapy Association in America. And yeah. my suggestion, I've found quite a few people, particularly women, who have lost weight, but then they stall. A lot of it's due to hormonal and adrenal adrenal fatigue and yeah. hormonal issues. And what, what you find is, you know, often we move to fasting, for normal process to help lose weight. But when you've got a, a underactive thyroid or other hormonal issues, sometimes that's not the best approach. So I'd be suggesting just on the side and for any other listeners who, particularly women, instead of going to a doctor, you look up a nutritional therapy practitioner in America. It's under the NTA, N- Nutritional Therapy Association. Right, yeah, they, yeah. yeah they, they look at your body functions and they work out what are the functions that aren't working properly, whether it's fatty acid, whether it's digestion, whether it's hormonal issues, and it can really help. But anyway, that's sort yeah, of Yeah, I'm on thyroid medication. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about tablets. I'm talking about their right. approaches, the food, specifically, you know, what foods can help improve the thyroid, what herbs, supplements, right. not tablets yeah, from a doctor. Yeah, I've, I've, gone, I've gone to an NTA practitioner here. She, I work with one because I'm a, the president of the local chapter of the Weston A. Price Foundation. Well, there you go. <laughs> and our, my co-leader is an NTA practitioner. Oh, good. So, I mean, and so even though I am doing those things, I mean, it's still sluggish. Yeah. But I think that you, know, if you have done a lot of damage, like I had a lot of damage done, mm. I feel better now at 47 than I've ever felt in my life. Yeah, and I I'm getting better results in races. I'm PRing on races that I've done before, like ten years ago. Yeah, so great. I am getting better, but I think you know for our listeners that even if you're getting good results, if you have a lot of damage, it takes a long time to fix the damage. Yeah, absolutely. And the other point I'd make, the other thing I'd point I'd make is. We've been around for 200 million years in some form or another as human beings. And it's only been in a tiny, tiny slice of time that we've changed what we're doing to our body, whether it's lack of sleep since power was invented, means agriculture, low-fat, processed foods. Our body hasn't genetically changed to be able to handle any of that, and we wonder why we're sick and why we have health problems. This, you know, exactly. by re- by reading the books we've read and understanding where we've come from, you can have the in- innate intelligent, the intellect to understand that our body's innately intelligent to look after itself if we're feeding it the right things and have the right mindset. Right, I agree. And to get the sleep, you know, mm. make sure you manage your stress. 
And all those factors, and I'm sure you would agree, play into it. And exercising yeah. appropriately. And, yeah. Uh, so I think uh, I'm super happy with the way my body's functioning now. But I think that there's, like you, I'm sure you're thrilled having your six-pack abs and your body bounce back so well. Mm. That, um, And I've had diabetic clients that have turned around their diabetes, and I'm sure, you know, you talked about your client now. Yeah. It's not, um, I was on Twitter logging in something, and I, are you familiar with Ray Cronies? Cronies? He does the no. thermogenesis. He's no. a vegan. I worked with him for a while, and I, I tried his program, and I did not have good results. I lost a lot of muscle mass. And it's sort of funny how people that uh, people get so attached to their diets and not willing to try something new and, um, and seeing if it works better. So, uh, I mean, you took that leap, and even though, you know, you listen to Stephen Finney, who's basically the, I don't know, the, the guru behind the, the, a lot of the research. But for those people who are on the fence, if you just give it a try for 30 days, you would, you would see the result. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm writing a blog at the moment about should you be smashing yourself at the gym and it's around the fitness industry and how personal trainers say to people, well, you need to eat six times a day. Because I see like 400 people a month in my spin classes and they're struggling to lose weight. And I say to them, I say, as a fully qualified personal trainer, you don't need to eat six times a day and they can't understand it. So I'm writing this thing and I accept, expect, accept, ask people to challenge themselves. Like when they go to a triathlon or a marathon, 80% of people are overweight. And look, good on them. Great work for being out there and doing it. But Apart from doing all the hard work to be out there and train, turn on your eyes and brain and observe and think, you know, is what I'm doing the right thing? Why am I bashing myself in these races 10 pounds or 20 pounds overweight? What, what could I do differently? And because running a marathon or a triathlon with that excess weight can cause so much damage to your body, yet you just got to change the way you think about a belief you have. And you don't, you know, only the top 5% of people in races need high sugar and carbs to go really fast. Like the rest of us, we're just doing our best. And people get worried that I talk to, oh, you can't perform without carbs and sugar. Well, if you're 20 kilos lighter and you're two minutes slower, you're going to make, you're going to be six minutes faster because you've lost all that weight. And yes. It's asking these questions and challenging people. You don't have to have the Gatorade. You don't have to have the goos or gels in training. So in, in racing, I'll have a gel, apart from my Vespa that I have, I'll have a gel at 10Ks in the half marathon at the end of a five-hour half Ironman just to give me a kick because my mitochondria have adapted and don't get the carbs. So when they get them, I really fire, but I don't have them in training. Right. I agree. I have the same way. I follow Peter's advice and and follow the OFM program and have had amazing results for, I just did a 55-mile bike ride, and I had two Vespa. I had a Keto OS, which is ketone salts in my water bottle, 
and I had uh, one, did I, ha I didn't have any goose. What did I have? I think I had like uh, one package of like six little, what are they called? Um, Chomps. Yes, something like yeah. that. But it's just like less than 110 calories of carbohydrate. And they're I had they're about 20, 20 grams, I think. Yeah. yeah, so, and I had a PR. I finished before everybody else. I mean, I was trained with a group, and we had a big group who was riding the 55-mile distance, and I passed every single one of them, and I was the first in our group to finish. Mm. So, And I was pretty thrilled. I passed the last guy within a minute of the finish line. That's like, yeah. good. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I think that it's, you don't need all those carbs, and I didn't need to stop either. I mean, I stopped at the last aid station because I wanted I needed to fill up a little bit on water because I just took two bottles. But aside from that, I didn't need to stop to get a bunch any more carbohydrates. I didn't need to any more. Um, you know, I think those carbs they it's a you know they they cause a lot of metabolic processes, and if you overload your system, it. It's actually shuts down your stomach and the laws a lot of other things that could interfere with you going fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the Noakes Foundation because I'm a big fan of Professor Noakes and I know you are working with them. What position, I believe you said you were on the board? No, I'm an ambassador for the ambassador. foundation. I don't yeah. know what that is. Well, you know how you, you know how sometimes people like, um, are a brand ambassador. So, um, I'm sort of a brand ambassador for Vespa as well, where, you know, I use Vespa. I have my tri-suiters Vespa. I talk about the product. I don't get any money from them or anything, but I get some product and stuff and, and I have them on my website and they have me on their website and I promote the brand. Well, in terms of the Noakes Foundation, um, I'm in Australia. So, I've been appointed as their ambassador for the Noakes Foundation and my focus is in Australia. And there are other people who are ambassadors for the Noakes Foundation throughout the world as well. So if you go to the noakesfoundation.org, you'll see um, us ambassadors on the website. You'll see the research teams. You'll see the companies that are affiliated with the Noakes Foundation. Um and really, the Noakes Foundation is all about taking a science-based approach to understand the, you know, to basically put it, the real science behind nutrition to help stem and reverse the global epidemic of obesity and type 2 diabetes. So, um we're trying to correct the errors of 50 years or so of bad advice. How do we determine the optimal diet for individuals and how do we change individual eating and, I guess, exercise patterns to prevent type 2 diabetes and, and minimise insulin resistance because we know that's the basis. Right. That's the basis of everything. So it's a research organisation that has scientists and all the funding that comes into it, all of the talks that Prof Noakes does, all of that funding, he takes none of it, comes into the foundation to hire scientists. There are companies that are not um, aligned to 
the typical type of food industry that are low-carb companies that donate money, that want to help with the research from people that are passionate. There are people like me that donate money to the foundation. Um, and it's really about getting behind real science so that we have the truth that comes out that's not influenced by uh, other food bodies or other companies for their own benefit, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, and I think it's wonderful. I know uh, Nusi is a company here with Peter Atia. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that? And they, they yeah. say they're doing the same research, but they researched this low-fat guy, you know, hired a low-fat guy, and uh, there's a lot of controversy about some of the research that they've put out. So I have to uh, check out the Noakes Foundation and and what information, what they're studying now. The hard part about doing nutrition research is the parameters behind it. I don't know that uh, having people in metabolic wards and that sort of thing is a little difficult. Yes, yeah, that's right. And, I, you know, I'm not a doctor and, and a, or a scientist, so my passion and what I'm doing is trying to spread the word in Australia about the foundation, come up with ideas about how people can get access to um, time with Prof Noakes in some sort of subscription model so that, you know, people, either doctors, nutritionists that are low-carb can get access, pay a fee, and they get a subscription for the year to get uh, webinars and one-on-one times and things like that with Prof Noakes and other people in the foundation, but also to get the affiliate program going in Australia. So in South Africa, Banting, that's what they call it in right. South Africa, Banting, is really big. And there's restaurants that run Banting restaurants. They use the Real Meal Revolution platform for those recipes. Um, where There's an affiliate program where companies in Australia that make granola or grain-seeded breads, not grain, um, that want to come on and use the Noakes Foundation logo, donate a percentage of their sales to the Noakes Foundation and there's a video and there's promotion of that brand and they come on the Noakes Foundation website. So, you know, that's part of what my role is to try and do that, but also to help influence the dietary guidelines in Australia. So I've written a letter that has been written by Nina Teichold, who wrote Big Fat Surprise, because they're trying to change the constitution around health in America. So they've provided us that document they used in America. We've modified it for Australia. Prof Noakes and I have signed it, and we're now looking at who do we send that to in Australia to really explain the health issues we've got, to try and get them to understand through the cost to the community in dollars, but also the cost to the community in health of having these ridiculous food guidelines that are largely uh, driven by 10 companies around the world like Nestles and Nabisco, those big companies that right. actually Cargill. Fund, yeah. and they fund the Dietitians Association of Australia. So when the dietitians do their shows, they have these companies with slogans like Choose Wellness, and Choose Wellness is packaged foods full of sugar. Right. Oh, it's, no, it's the same here. Yeah. That's one of the clients I had was eating oatmeal, and he said, well, it has the little Heart, American Heart Association logo on it. And I said, well, you know how that logo gets on there. They give about a million dollars to American Heart Association. They put their logo on it. Yeah, well, they've gotten rid of that in Australia because everyone realized it was corruption. Yeah, I wish they would do it here. Well, you are in quite the the 
crowd of pretty awesomeness on the ambassadors. You got Gary Tobbs and Sammy Inken and uh, I don't know who some of the other folks are, but that's a pretty impressive cadre. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm very proud to be able to support the foundation and its work. I want to do more than I'm doing at the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, part of it is I donate a portion of our business profits to the foundation as well every quarter. Um, so everyone that I'm coaching, I'm coaching them because of the insights I have partly through, you know, Professor Noakes's work, Peter Defty's work, a, you know, a whole range of other, even Jeff Volick, Stephen Finney, but I feel it's important to give back and, and that's how I contribute as well and we're helping people change their lives, you know. Well, I think that that's wonderful. And if you think about it, you're giving people their life back. I was at a dinner the other day and one of my friend's moms was, oh, she was there and she has type 2 diabetes and she kept eating bread. And for me, I'm thinking, you're just eating poison. Mm. And I had talked to her, my friend about it later, about, like, I'm concerned about your mom eating all that bread. And she's like, well, that bread makes her happy. Like, there's this idea in the United States, and I don't know about in Australia, that it's okay to eat what you want, regardless of what it's doing to you, because there's going to be a pill that's going to fix it. And I, I really think that that needs to change quite a bit. Well, the no other stupid, yeah, no, yeah, no, the other stupid saying is everything in moderation. I hate, oh, that is just so stupid. And it's usually from the argument we sick. had. I had that yeah. argument the exact way I said, I think moderation is bullshit. It is. Oh, she, I'll only have a little bit of cocaine today, thanks. <laughs> yeah, or like I want a little bit of uh, a tarantula or a, you know, black widow venom. I want a little mm. bit of gasoline to drink. I, it's it's ridiculous. It's like, uh, yeah. and so I agree. I think the idea that moderation, uh, moderation is a, a complete baloney thing. And it's basically justifying, like, it's okay if I eat all this garbage food because, you know, I'm only eating in moderation and I'm going to take this little pill to make it all better. Like the volume of food, this volume of food that you just ate, this little tiny pill once a day or whatever is going to fix all of that. Mm. I think it's just ridiculous. Our body can fix itself. Yes, if you give it good things, good building materials to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you so much, Andre. We've been talking about... 40 minutes, and I don't want to take up all your time. I'll probably um, cut it down a little bit to make it about a 35-minute show. Yeah, great. Okay. And then I will send it to you. It'll take me a little bit of time to edit because I have this new program, and I don't quite know how to use it yet. But uh, I'm super excited, and maybe we can do this again because if you um, have other specific topics that you want to talk about. Yeah, love to. So that could be just the general one, but... Maybe we could use the blogs on, maybe you could look at some of my blogs, like there's blogs on mindset, there's blogs on um, the way we think, there's sleep, there's the one I'm writing at the moment, which is going to, in fact, the Noakes Foundation's editing it for me, so we sort of work together like that, and then they use it on their, you know, um, the one about um, 
confessions of a personal trainer, nutrition is more important than exercise for weight loss. So, you know, maybe once that's up, you could use that as the talking point and then you can repost it if you want or use bits of it. I mean, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, and I I mean, I'm totally on the page with that too. I think diet is much more important than – I think exercise is important, but diet is – it's the cornerstone. Mm. And and having a personal trainer come out and say, you know, say that makes should make people think. What do you mean? I've never had a personal trainer say that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just should make them think that. Oh, maybe I should think about this. I hope. I hope it would do that. Although I, a lot of my clients are senior citizens, and it's. It's a little hard to get them mm. to turn that boat. I mean, mm. you have to have a certain mindset and be receptive to it. So I generally mm. start out with book recommendations and and then work yeah. from there. But you know, you can only you can take a lead a horse to water, but you can't get them to drink. But yeah. I definitely like that that theme of you know how important the balance between diet and exercise. Mm, absolutely. All right. Hey, is this going to be just sound or is it video as well? Well, I uh, don't know how well this recorder records, so yeah. it may. I may. Um, I can take a picture, like you know, uh, have a picture of you, and then you know, put it on, still put it on YouTube with the sound, where oh, somebody okay. can listen to it. Yeah. So yeah, I would like to. I just downloaded this recorder today because the old one I had obviously there was a bug in it and there wasn't yeah. an update to fix it. So yeah. um, I might try to find another one that does video, and uh, because I would like to have more traffic on YouTube. Yeah. And I just finished updating my website and I'm working on launching an online course. Oh, uh, good. For January, and. Uh, just basically low carb, uh, basically a hard reset to get the foundation of of getting fat adapted, and then then maybe subsequent programs a little later on implementing different stages of training. But oh, good, excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, look, yeah. Hey, if you want to do this once a month or once a quarter or whatever it is. Let's just have a look at the blogs, send me a note and let's do it and we can dial it in to be more specific instead of general and absolutely. That sounds fabulous, Andre. All right, cool. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye.